welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 305, Board Gamers Anonymous Awards 2020. We like, to think, <laughs> we like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring us a brand new episode. My friend, we are back and we are back with the best of 2020. Yeah, because got to find <laughs> something good in this stupid year. <laughs> this is the good stuff. Yes, it turns out that board gaming was the one good thing about 2020. Everything else, not so much. You know what? Looking through all the games, I think last year we had this conversation. We're like, this year kind of sucked for games. Like, it didn't suck, but it was just like, blah. This year yeah. was pretty good. There was a lot of really good it stuff. Was. <laughs> Very surprising year for board gaming. Hopefully, we will eventually get all these games out to the tables with all of our dear friends who we do miss so very much. And to all those conventions and to all our publishers, designers, and everybody out there, please, dear God, please just stay safe so that we can gather together again, hopefully soon, and we will all be at the table. Because I think that's really the, the number one concern right now, despite us all getting a little cabin fever, to say the least. Yeah, I know. You lose, you lose context of it a little bit. But yeah, we want to do it. We want to play these games. We want to be safe doing it. And uh we're getting there, guys. We're we're getting there. We're on the path. You can you can see the the horizon. It's there. Sure, I think that's the one thing that not to bring it down a note, but just for a moment, I think that's the one thing that when we eventually do go back to the convention centers and do get board gaming together at a massive level, I think we'll all be a little scared, and I think that we all will remember that probably not everyone who was with us will be with us at those conventions going forward and that they are missed incredibly. So for them and for everybody else there, please, dear God, stay safe. We're going to have a great year, 2020, 21. It's going to be a great year. And we have a great episode for you. We have the best games from 2020, our awards from 2020. So we'll be doing that for our feature review. So stick with us because I think you're going to be surprised and get a lot of great games to the table, hopefully. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like so excited for it. I'm like, I'm just, let's go. <laughs> let's do all the things. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have a lot of great things to talk about. Uh, as you can see, we have our Meeple Award out there on the screen. That's going out to the best games from 2020. Uh, big shout out to my sister who was able to help us with that. But Anthony, again, we have so much to talk about, so much fun to have. And again, Thanks, everyone, for joining us on Board Game Arena. If you're watching this live on their website, jump over to Twitch because Board Game Arena has its very own Twitch stream. And we would love for you to join us out there because we have a huge number of people in our chat that are going to be chatting about the best awards. And we want to know what your best awards are, of course. So jump over, subscribe, and let's have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Anthony. So with that said, let's get on to what our listeners and, of course, what our viewers have to say this week. What's our question of the week? All right. Yeah. So uh, this one is courtesy of AC, new subscriber and new follower on the Facebook page. And <laughs> when I put out the call for questions, AC actually submitted like seven. So you are a rock star, my friend. We're going to run through, <laughs> I think, three of them I, I pulled out that we haven't actually discussed in the past over the next few weeks. So thank you. If anybody else has a question that they want to hear answers to or hear us talk about on the show, please, please, please submit it. I put up calls for questions like once a month. You can submit it there. You can just shoot it us here in the chat. You can send it however you want. <laughs> just send it over. Um, there's a very good chance if we haven't already done it that I will do it because we're always looking for new questions. We run Ooh. two or three of these a week. So, you know, always looking for good stuff we can talk about. Definitely. So this week we are asking or have asked – have you ever had to confront anyone about their AP or cheating or et cetera? So has something gone wrong at the table and you had to confront somebody? I think the answer to this is probably yes to everybody, but everybody's a little uncomfortable to talk about it um, because those are bad experiences. But there are some good answers here, so I wanted to run through them. So AC, uh, asker of the question, also had an answer. Uh, he said, the only two people that I have played with that really have AP are a good friend of his and his father-in-law. So unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, 
keeping it lighthearted and humorous and simply setting a timer on the phone helps a lot. Sure. Keeping, you know, emphasizing to agree to that in advance, which I think is important. Don't just set a timer on somebody and say, you're out of time. <laughs> as funny as that would be, don't do it. It's not very nice. Not certain you've ever experienced someone cheating. <laughs> he accuses his wife of cheating, playfully, not actually, because she more than often wins games. And of course, you're cheating. I've done that. My wife knows. Uh, let's see. Dead Squirrel mentions only unintentional cheating, such as remembering a rule that will allow them to do something that totally isn't allowed. <laughs> Just correcting it, and they adjust, and usually check the rule book to make sure. I think we've all experienced this, and it's one of those moments where you're like, "Yeah, you can't do that." And I'm like, "Oh, it's just what I read in the rule book." And you're like, "All right, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because I don't think you're lying, but sure, yeah, you, you can't do that." Yeah, we get a, a lot of those at the table. There's a lot of unintentional cheating because you think you know a rule, you forgot a rule, you're not sure of a rule, and you do a thing and you forgot about a thing. And then someone has to catch you and go, wait a minute, what are you doing there? That happens a lot in board gaming. Yeah. Have you ever had that thing where like you realize like a round or two later that you made a really big mistake and you're like, crap, like, like something significant that benefits you. And you're like, all right, do I just let it go? Cause no one noticed. Or do I say something? And everybody gets mad at me, but then I didn't cheat. Yes. That's that's always a hard one. I usually say something and it becomes a whole thing and then I regret saying it because I'm like, I just should have shut. Like, they didn't notice. It's not a thing. But yeah, I, I think that happens to all of us, especially in new games. Yeah, I think, I, I guess obviously it's based on the situation. Like when you catch yourself or you're like, oh, I wasn't supposed to be able to do that mm. because a lot of games have their own player boards. So you can't always keep track of what everyone is doing at the table. And then you're like, oh, no. So I guess sometimes, like you said, like you'll come right out and be like, oh, my God, like, guys, I'm, you know, so sorry, I shouldn't have done this. And like, look, look, this, that and the other, you know, it depends on like the severity of the error. Sometimes I'll just try to self-correct it. Well, I'll be just like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten that. So I'll just, oh, I gave up that turn and I'll throw back the wood or whatever it was. You know, if I could do it like on the down low that doesn't throw the game into like complete havoc and chaos. Otherwise, like you said. If you feel like it's just game changing, then you'll just be like, "Ugh, we need to start this over because I did a thing." Yeah, yeah. If it's like super, like a lot of player interaction, sometimes it's just like the game's busted now. I don't know. <laughs> like I really screwed it up. And sometimes you realize it at the very end when you're scoring, and someone's like, "I have two hundred and ninety-seven points," and someone's like, "That's double the possible high score." Clearly, you're doing something wrong. Okay, <laughs> so those kinds of things obviously happen. And that's not cheating. That's just growing pains in a game. Uh, yes. But- I think the challenge comes in when you're playing with strangers, right? If you're playing with friends and you know who they are and you know their personalities, you're probably not going to accuse them of cheating. If you're playing with a perfect stranger and they do all this crazy stuff, you're like, man, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't know who you are. (laughs) Or sometimes it's even the opposite way where you were supposed to benefit from something and they're talking about this in the chat right now. Mm. And then like, you're like, Oh no, I was supposed to do a thing. And then like, then that becomes an ethical issue. Like, do you take the thing that you were supposed to get, but that kind of throws the game off a bit because you were supposed to take it last round and other people would do something different. And then you kind of feel like bad about it, but you're also like a little regretful, a little angry about it. Like, Oh no, I would have. Oh. <laughs> so I would, I would recommend doing what I do, which is just make a lot of just angst kind of sounds just, Oh no, I can't believe it. Oh. And then just move on because <laughs> it accomplishes both things at the same right. time. <laughs> You've done what you need to do. It's fine. People understand. That's that. right. <laughs> and and I think for so many years, Anthony, you and I have gotten into the practice, I guess, way back to the myriad days where it just got to the point where you just go, mistakes were made. And just like that, you just keep repeating that throughout the game and you've got to feel better about it. Right. It, and, and the benefit too, like, I, like Andre mentions this, you know, he had one instance of cheating on a rising sun game. And since then he only plays with people he knows, right? No random sure. people at all for certain games. Gotcha. And I think that that is a huge thing because I, I'm always of the opinion. The first play of a game is just a throwaway. Like I'll log sure. the score if we don't completely mess it up, but I don't care if someone plays it completely wrong. If I play it completely wrong, if the scores are way off, it doesn't matter if we don't finish the game, but some people can't handle that. Right. The OCD of like, no, we need to play the game correctly. We need to finish the game and I need to know who the winner is. And hopefully it's me, you know, and that that can be tough. So that's one of those things like 
if you have someone in your group and you know they're like that, then you play around it. You're like, okay, let's make sure we have enough time. Let's make sure everybody's read the rules. But if you're playing with random people, there's no way to account for that, like how angry someone's going to get if there's a mistake. Yeah, that happens a lot when there's a mistake. I think 90% of the time it's mistakes. Right. And then maybe 10% of the time it's cheating. And I think that's where the where you have to kind of really delineate those kind of situations because you're going to have mistakes all the time. I mean, I don't think there's – I don't know. Can you ever say that there's been a game that's 100% pure, that nobody made a mistake, that no one made an error, that no one – it's, I mean, it's really hard to get to that point. I mean, right. I would say the majority of games, you have to feel like someone did something, even on an unintentional subliminal level. Like, you know, when you play poker, it's one of those things where like, you can't just like move your chips in and pull your chips out because you're communicating information. And that's, that's kind of like bad karma, a broken rule kind of situation. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those things. You have to focus on why you're there to play the game. And it's, and exactly. if it's about winning, then you've already lost. Yeah. Because that's you cannot hope for that to happen purely in, when you play board games at the table, especially with people you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, like I've certainly played games where I've like suspected somebody of cheating a little bit. And honestly, I don't care that much. Like if, if your self-esteem is such that you need to cheat to win this game, yeah. feel good about yourself then go for it. Walk away, feel good. I don't care. Like, I'm just here to have fun, you know? And other people at the table may not feel that way, and it's they can speak up, and that's fine. But unless it's, like, super, super, super blatant, and I'm like, yeah, you can't do what you just did, you know? Um, so I, I think a lot of people are on the same page. Most people are not going to be confrontational or angry, but you also want to have fun, and you want to play it properly, right? Absolutely. And obviously... As we're talking in the chat, it's obviously much harder to do on Board Game Arena because it really does become this like objective moderator throughout the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could still kind of like social meta game the bit the game a bit, you know. Right. Even sometimes when you play a board game, and Anthony, you know I know this when when there are troops on the map and oh, you're like, yeah. Hey, that person's winning. You need to go do it. <laughs> Oh, that's the one thing that drives me crazy i'm like you're not supposed to do that i guess you can do that don't do that yeah. you know if that guy that's doesn't true. see what i'm doing just let it go yeah i think anytime that there's an unintentional mistake or even if someone's outright cheating and you just catch it i think it's just better to say sorry or i think this game's just going to be a variant or an asterisk with the game and sometimes even online even online games i've had this recently when we played the roar recently and i purposely clicked on something and the computer did something else like it i clicked here but then it saw something else and it just pulled it somewhere else and i was just like no (laughs) but you know everybody at the table saw it or on the computer saw it it was like oh that's not cool and i'm like i know and i think i lost by like one or two points and i would have won by like Mm. 10 or 12 points and everyone was really good about it I didn't need them to do that for me, but I did appreciate that, that they were like, nah, you, you won that game. I was like, eh, that's fine. I just like, I don't care about the winning, but I want to play the best game I could possibly play at that moment. And that's what really yeah, bugs yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Like if a mistake really undermines what you did in the rest of the game, you're like, well, that's what I care about. I'm yes. like the people that drive me, the, like, honestly, the cheaters, whatever, there's something going on. You need to deal with it. The people who drive me the most <laughs> crazy are the ones who get to the end everybody seemingly played legitimately and they after the scores come in they tell everybody why they should have won the game like if you hadn't done this and if you let me do this and i'm pretty sure you took an extra gold over here i would have won and blah 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 <laughs> like that's the person i'll confront and be like but you didn't did you you didn't win so <laughs> don't do that don't be a sore loser but yeah that that's the one thing i'll that'll get under my skin yeah, and there's and again, there's another like you said, Anthony. And I, I think you really just nailed it. <laughs> you should probably have the degree in psychology. I, I I think that even in those situations, sometimes it's just anxiety that people need to get out and just need to like. Right. They want to say that like, I just need to mentally go through this. I, it, it's annoying when you win and someone's like trying to pull back your victory. Right. But even sometimes they don't mean to do that. They just mean to be like. I just feel like I need to say it for my own welfare because, right. you know, sometimes you win a game, you feel bad about it. You're like, Ugh, I, you know, I won't buy like twice the amount of points as the next player. I need to 
just pack this game away and move on to the next game. Like, ugh. Yeah. I had a food chain game not not too long ago. It was online, actually, where I won. I think I got almost all the money, right, in the game. It was like 700-some-odd dollars, and the next second-place player was like 120 or something. It was just it completely demolished everybody just because there was one guy made a mistake early and then another person didn't see what I was doing. Right. And that's all anybody talked about. It's like, I screwed up and did this. And oh, if I'd done this, you wouldn't have been able to pull away. And you know, that's fair. I understand that, especially in that game. But at, this, at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, but you didn't. So <laughs> I don't know. I took advantage of it. <laughs> it um, happens. Yeah, exactly. It happens. Cause you know, like it's it's like time travel, right? It's like, yes, you could have went back and did that, but it would have unraveled five five hundred other things. So let's just not let's yeah, not yeah. do that. Yeah, but I feel their pain. I feel their pain. Yeah, I'm to say. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes actually with players who, again, we're, we we tend to be more you know introverted kind of players at the table. Sometimes when there's like someone super introvert and they win the game, and I'll just smack talk them, but like in a really positive way, I'll just be like. Yeah whoa you just crushed me why oh man you didn't give me a chance and they're just looking at me they're like i did i'm like yeah <laughs> they get a kick out of it so you know you have a good time it's 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 all a good thing it's it's a good time yeah you know? yeah that's the point have fun i feel like we have to give reminders because a lot of people are forgetting what it's like to play with other people so <laughs> that's true. other people what's that what? like anthony what yeah. is this strange universe you speak of <laughs> Oh, man. So that's everybody. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. We appreciate it. This question was really good. I appreciate AC sending it in. Had a lot of fun reading through the answers, talking through it. Like, this is the cool stuff that I enjoy talking about in the hobby. So if you have questions, please let us know. Yeah, please. I'd love to hear your responses. And again, we couldn't go through all the responses here. These Each of these questions could be a whole episode in of itself, but they're all on our Facebook, Twitter, BoardGamersAnonymous.com. All our social media has ways to reach out to us and read the content. And find out what's going on with our listeners and viewers. And again, thanks everybody in the chat for hitting us up on uh, Twitch. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with our listeners. What's going on in the world of BGA? What are we going to be anticipating next week? Next week. So we mentioned this on BGA Live last week. We're taking this week off from BGA Live because... We've never done that. (laughs) I know, it's our first break. Uh, But it is the day before Christmas Eve and obviously everybody's busy and a lot of things are going on and schedules and whatever. So we're going to take a week off, but we will be back next week. We're playing Luxor. So that'll be a lot of fun. I know. (laughs) So that'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, The Actually, let me pull that up so you guys can see what I'm talking about. There you go. Episode 16 on um, December 30th for Luxor. Next week on Board Gamers Anonymous, this podcast that we do every Monday, um, we're going to be talking about the games that we said we were anticipating at the beginning of 2020. So every year, if you're new to the show, we at the very first episode or the second episode of the year, we go through what we're looking forward to the most. And then we go through a huge list of games, like the ones we know are coming out or the ones that are rumored to be coming out. Then we talk about this is what we're looking forward to. Here's what we're hoping to do next year. Sometimes we have our resolutions in there as well. And so at the end of the year, it's fun to go through that and see, did we like the game? Did it come out? Was it good, bad, mediocre? We forgot about it. Um, And I think this year will be particularly interesting because (laughs) we said some, I've had two people now point out that our preview for 2020 episode, I specifically said 2020 is going to be a great year. (laughs) <laughs> so wow that didn't age well no 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 they're, they're throwing that quote back at me i was talking about for games though you know oh, right. it's, it's no good um but yeah we're gonna go through those next week that'll be fun yeah i love that episode a lot because it's again it's one of those situations where so much about board gaming is the anticipation the purchasing the you know just the collection the hobby of it long before you get the games to the table so it's like hey we think these games are going to be great and then like oh no they were not great at all or sometimes those kind of rare gems just pop out of nowhere and especially this year with the convention season you know not happening it's going to be a very unusual very unusual list so we'll be back next week so when you're listening to this this will be on wednesday that the podcast comes out so the Wednesday podcast continues. We do not miss a beat whatsoever. It just turns out that BGA Live next, I guess, by the time you listen to this broadcast, or in fact, Wednesday, 
We won't be on this Wednesday, but we'll be on next Wednesday. So the podcast continues its seven-year streak of not missing a week, Anthony. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, you step in when I have problems. That's what happens. Oh, there so. you go. Because <laughs> I've missed a lot of weeks. So. That's all right. You're always with us in spirit. And again, if I need to call upon you, I always just need to look in directly into the camera and say LCG, 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 and then you appear. So um, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're so. good. <laughs> all right so that's what's going on with us so again we will see you back next week on monday same time 8 30 eastern standard time and also next week wednesday 8 30 eastern standard time p.m of course but anthony that seems to be what's going on with us that's what's also going on with our listeners now let's get on to the official the feature review the best of the best for 2020 Board Gamers Anonymous Awards. Yes, we are on to it. This is huge. This is big. Hope you're excited. Uh, we have eight categories uh, that we pulled together. We did retire one that was a little negative. We thought we'd keep it positive tonight. So these are all good games. Very good games. I want you all to keep in mind we did not play everything that came out this year. This is one of those years where, and I think a lot of outlets are saying this, just these are the best of the best games that we played this year so keep that in mind if you're like what about blah 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 didn't play it sorry <laughs> blah, blah, blah. that's a great game and it's expansion wah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. That game too. but we didn't play it so how do you know it's a great game i hear good things about it okay good 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 yeah, yeah. mostly because it's you know blah 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 you know the by the designer of ooh, ooh, ooh. you know he's he's, he's amazing <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that was actually a game so anywho we're gonna run through awards for best online implementation specifically like digital versions in browser, board game arena, and, and the like. Best app, Steam, iOS, Google Play. Best family game, best heavy strategy game. Most overlooked gem. So that's a game that we feel not enough people are talking about, but that we really enjoyed. Best Kickstarter. So either best run campaign or best released game from Kickstarter based on the campaign that was run with it. Best 2.0 release. So a second edition or re-implementation of an older game. And then, of course, Game of the Year, the game that we consider Woo! the best for 2020. All right, Anthony, so we have a lot of good categories. We have a lot of great games. We have a lot of big surprises coming up. What do we have up first? First up, Best Online Implementation. All right, so we have all four of our nominees up here on the screen. These are from Board Game Arena, which, of course, took over our lives this year uh, for a lot of board gamers. <laughs> Almost five million of them, if I'm whatever the numbers are up to at this point. All these games came out this year, all of them amazing. We've actually covered all of them on BGA Live. So sure. <laughs> we're not biased in this because we're actually fans of all these games and we want to talk about the bones that we feel are the best. So Santorini is just fantastic. Like the 3D implementation there to be able to rotate the screen to see where you're going. Um, beautiful, colorful, you know, presentation on the screen on Board Game Arena, beautiful. Um, <laughs> Jason's watching, I know. Teotihuacan, <laughs> City of Gods. Um, being able to jam that giant board onto the screen is very impressive. And I think this is one of the ones I've played the most that came out this year, um, despite its length. I've played this a lot. Potion Explosion. This was an app that just didn't look fantastic um, on iOS and the rest. But on Board Game Arena, it looks really nice. It's very clean and easy to use. And then we have Sun Seven Wonders Duel, which was like their big release around Essen uh, this year. And this one is fantastic. And I've played this a ton since we covered it on the show. Mm. So what do you think of these wonderful games? I know we played all of them because we covered them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played all of these games on BJ Live. So if you haven't gotten a chance to play them or want to see how they're played, obviously check out our Twitch stream. Uh, board game arena here so there's a lot of goodness to pick out here uh, Santorini is a great game two-player game fast fun and especially the online implementation here the 3d aspects and how you can zoom around it with the camera phenomenal uh Ted Twakon, again just just for Jason's ears because I have to butcher that otherwise he doesn't feel like I've done a properly good job there but uh again it's it's a really great implementation and it's a very cluttered board but they do a really good job streamlining it. The bottom two, I think, go above and beyond. Potion Explosion is on Steam. It's not bad on Steam, and it's not bad on the app, but it's so much better on uh, Board Game Arena here. It just, you could see what everyone's doing. It's clean, it's fast, 
And the same thing with Seven Wonders Duel. I have it for my phone. I played it oh, probably about 100 times. But on here, you get to see what everything costs before you click on everything. And that makes all the difference in the world, not to mention the fact that you get to see everything nice and clean and simple. So four fantastic online implementations that you should play. If you play really anything on Board Game Arena, we recommend these four. I would say so. Right, Anthony? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it, it's telling. Like, three of these are very quick. They're like 10, 15-minute games. And those are going to be the best ones, the ones you play the most. Teo, though, I had to put it in there. I just had to. It's so good. So. <laughs> <laughs> A little bias from my side. All um, right, Anthony. So uh, what is the best of 2020, then? All right. I should have put a drum roll bit in here. I, I know. know. I we got to work on that. I know. Like a little <laughs> bit of music would be great. So just imagine a drum roll right now. Da, 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 da. Um, we have <laughs> Seven Wonders Duel. <gasps> our online implementation of the year for 2020. Um, just so good. And the fact that it launched very close to one of its expansions as well. So Agora is up there as well. It's not just the base game, which is what you get a lot on Board Game Arena. You don't always get that expansion content. And it's just so pretty. They did such a good job bringing this game to the platform and making sure it looked and felt as good as it does at the table. Beautiful implementation. Great job from Repo's production and from our friends at Board Game Arena for keeping faithful to the game because that's really the hard part here. It's not that sometimes they, you know, the graphically it's not everything it could be. It's when they overcompensate and then it just makes the game bad. And this really does the has like the perfect combination of like outstanding artwork and graphics and yet it's understandable and playable all the way through yeah absolutely fantastic game all right anthony so what do we have up next next on the list we have best app so we have four games here representing um multiple different platforms but mostly steam it seems to be where the big big stuff came out this year uh so first up we got root from dire wolf digital on steam and this is coming to other platforms or may have already I think it might be on iOS now, actually. Roll for the Galaxy from Templegate Games is on Steam, iOS, and Google Play. So you can play this anywhere. Uh, Wingspan from Monster Couch. This is on Steam and also coming to some other platforms very soon. Spirit Island from Handelabra. This is on Steam as well. So these are all games that we played. I believe you and I played against each other in all but one of these, maybe. I know. I still have to pick up Root. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely great production here. Again, I think so many years we've been doing this podcast and we've been talking about apps and online implementations being big. And I think over the last, I would say two years, they've really finally stepped their game up. I, so many years I had board games on my phone, I had board games on Steam, and they were super lousy. And yeah. now the online implementations are in some cases, in fact, almost better than the actual physical board games, not just because you can get them to the table, but because obviously they could do so much more with the online implementations. I know we've talked about, you know, one of the greatest civilization games of all time right. through the ages. And we're just like, oh, it's so great online. Why am I ever going to play the board game version? And it was like that one holdout. And then here came 2020 with Root that should not work at all. And it's amazing Roll for the Galaxy, which is, again, a great implementation. You just go click, 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 and it does all the things. Spirit Island, which, again, should not work because of all the complexity to it, and it works perfectly. And then, of course, Wingspan, that does such a beautiful job. It offers all this kind of, like, gorgeous graphic design, and the, the, the soundtrack is amazing. And yet, at the same time, you can click everything off and just play the standard board game, which is just phenomenal. That is my favorite implementation of 2020. You can stylize it all you want, and people will love that, but also give us the flat version, right? Like, I don't need a spinning planet for Terraforming Mars. I don't oh need this gosh, crazy, so weird, circular board for Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> no. Just show me, what it's, show me what I know already. Like, the people buying these are people who've already played the board games. So That's right. Root, you can play the 3D version you see there on the screen, or you can just play it flat like it looks on, like on the board. It's fantastic. Like, Spirit Island can go flat if you want or you can go isometric wingspan again like all this beautiful production or just show me the cards that's all i care about you know i love super that smart super smart all right anthony so which is the best app for 2020 all right this one was really close we actually had a bit of a we went back and forth a little bit on this one because we both have strong opinions but <laughs> um this year the winner is root 
from Direwolf <gasps> Regional, or like Chris said it specifically, this should not work in this nope. sense. Like when they announced this was coming to an app, I was like, really? The <laughs> game that has all these special rules and, and like, how are they going to run the tutorials? How are they going to show everything on the board? How are they going to do all the variability? And they do all of it and it works fantastically. And it's pretty like the cell shaded artwork that they have in this game for the 3D version just looks really nice. It's like, this is one of the few games where I prefer their stylized version to the flat version of it. Cause it's just really nice to look at. But on top of that, the tutorials are really great. They teach you how to play all these factions the way you need to play them. It has online play out of the box, something that like Spirit Island did not. It has asynchronous play. Um, a lot of these games don't have that out of the box. And it just runs really smoothly. I haven't had any bugs in my own experience. So yeah, root, root for the win. I, you know, this anytime they release something root, I'm like, yeah, that's the best of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I, I, I think the bar for this game was so much higher than any of the other games. And I think that's why it wins the award. Every other game is great here in this category. And I would recommend any of the other games here. But root, again, this should utterly impossibly not work. And again, what's great about this is you can actually tell people, go online, learn how to play your faction, and then come to game night. And that's something that you couldn't do beforehand. And it was a it was a really hardship when you got to game night. And you're like, all right, cool. You're going to be with the birds. And they're like, I've never played the birds before. And I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be one of those nights. <laughs> you're going to get so mad. The birds are hard. <laughs> Yeah, you can't say the same faction. So yeah, congratulations to Root again, just blowing up everything as it always does in the best way possible. Absolutely, yeah. So what do you have up for our next award? All right, next on the list, we have Best Family Game. Woo! This, is, this is one of those categories that I feel like a lot of people spent more time with this year. Because who else are you playing games with? It's your family. <laughs> <laughs> Four nominees here, of course. We have Mysterium Park from Asmodee. Um, Alexander Nevsky and Oleg Sidorenko. Fort from Leader Games, from, designed by Grant Rodjek. Uh, Mariposas from AEG, designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. And then Trekking the World from Underdog Games, designed by Charlie Bink. Uh, these are all games we've covered on the podcast, and several of them we've played and talked about recently. Really, really strong year for family games, which is great because this is what people were looking for this year yeah and it's just not family games but these are also great i wouldn't call them gateway games but like gateway next level kind of games because this is just not something there just to kind of pacify a generic audience these are great games in and of themselves like these are solid board games these are not just something of a, like a throwaway mass market situation so whether it's a family or a mixed group of friends or if you're just looking for something on the somewhat lighter fare, these are all great. Again, we've talked about all these on the podcast, Mysterium Park, actually getting Mysterium to the table without like three hours of setup time. Like, yeah. Plus, it removes the murder weapon, which seems odd, but actually is great because I don't like to spend all that time talking to my family of like, oh, so which murder weapon do you think, you know, killed that person? Let's go through yeah. all the different weapons. Like, no. So it removes that completely. And in fact, if you're playing with children, they don't even need to know that this is kind of like a murder mystery. It's just like, here's a person, here's a location, here's some dream cards, go at it. Awesome. Yep. Fort, and we talked about this before, Anthony, this is so subversive, right? This is the game that's all about these military tactics and it's for kids. It's all about friendships and building a fort and just, you know, if you don't play with your friends, they're going to go somewhere else. And how do you build that up? It just, it's so great. Uh, Mariposa, again, Elizabeth Hardgrave, again, another impossible situation. She produces one of the biggest games of all time and then comes back and does something completely different, but also something completely awesome at the same time. Yeah. And then Trekking the World, we played this on BGA Live. Again, a lot of fun. And again, beautiful artwork, beautiful gameplay plays with everyone on the table or on board game arena. And again, another great game. I just four really fantastic games, Anthony. So again, we're so proud to kind of nominate all these games, but who won the best family game of 2020? All right. Best family game of 2020. I would guess you guys can figure this one out. Uh, if you've been watching any of the show lately, but yeah, this is a fun game and it's absolutely fantastic. I think we were easily on agreement on this one. It's Fort. 
This is a game that, and, and it's one of those things like we were talking about it and we're like, it's Fort, right? Yeah, of course it's Fort. We didn't really talk about it very long. <laughs> and then you said, Chris, you said, like, this is like the one you've actually gotten your family to play a lot, right? I'm like, oh yeah, then it's definitely Fort. Like my kids love this game. Yeah, and again, Leader Games is something so wonderful with their artwork. It's not just cute artwork because we've seen cute artwork and we've seen chibi miniatures, but the artwork is thematic. And the gameplay is thematic. It leads you how to play the game. It teaches you as you go throughout. It feels like those are my friends. I'm losing my friends. I'm gaining new friends. We're bringing something to the table. Each of the cards, each of these friends have personalities. And it's just such a great game. And again, it's like getting to the table, you know, one of the best games of all time, Glory to Rome, but at the family level. And it's just like, how did we do that? How did they right, do that? Yeah. <laughs> this little box. And it's fairly inexpensive too, which is, again, don't tell them that, but it really is. Yeah, they're going to hit us with expansions, I bet, you know. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, I mean, neither. <laughs> so, Anthony, what do we have up next? Next up, best heavy strategy game. Ooh. This is kind of our wheelhouse in normal years. And obviously, there's a lot of great games this year, but I feel like there's a bunch of heavy strategy games we didn't quite get our fingers on. Fortunately, the ones we did, these four nominees, are fantastic. So it's not like yes. we're not like dragging the bottom of the barrel here to find games for you to talk about. These are amazing games. But if you're not seeing your favorite heavy strategy game on this list, keep in mind, these are hard to play by ourselves. So nominees for this year, we've got On Mars from Eagle Griffin Games, designer Vital Lacerda, uh, Takinu, Borden Dice from Daniel Tashini and David Turchi, Food Chain Magnate, uh, The Ketchup Mechanism and Other Ideas from Splatter Games, and then Tricarion, uh, the pair of expansions, specifically Dogguards Academy, Mind Clash Games from David Turchi. So Turchi's got two on there. Big year for Oof. him. We, we did a whole episode on the T-Games. Right. So not terribly surprising, but again, obviously great games out here. Anthony, you and I are big Lacerda fans. Yep. And when On Mars came out and it had Eon O'Toole artwork on there, we were like, oh no, we need to back this now. <laughs> I'm not even like... I'm at the point now where it's just like, I see Lacerda. I'm like, done. I know. Like, I, don't even know I know. But you assume that at some point he's going to just let us down. And he did not. On Mars is just, again, a very thematic Euro game. So typically those words are hard to kind of stick together. But the fact that the game makes sense as you play it. And as you play more and more, you get the sense of like this grand space opera that's occurring that you're a part of, which is wonderful. Uh, obviously, uh, the T brothers coming in here. I know they're not brothers, but I'm making them brothers for the sake of, of the T. It works. Uh, Technu, you have a game that's so great. And you're like, if I was them, I'd be like, I'm done. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to do anything in this genre. I built the best game possible. It's one of the favorite games of all time. And Ted to walk on. And no, I'm going to do another one with an obelisk and shadow kind of powers. Yeah. And people are going to love it. And you're like, I don't know. And like, all right, it is. <laughs> it's a great game. Yeah. And then talking about two expansions, which are typically things we don't talk about when we talk about the best heavy strategy games. But in fact, both these expansions are really their own game. The catch-up me mechanism and other ideas from Fuchade Magnet here really does revolutionize the game. It's a completely different game. I know you were talking about that earlier, Anthony, how it kind of like there's a tightness and there's like, you get all the money. Well, this kind of changes that. Right. And then uh, Tricarion, the academy here, again, changes the game up in radical ways. Having your own apprentice in the game and being able to build up their special powers and all the different you know classes and how you could retire tricks and things. It just makes the game fundamentally different that it might as well be a different game. They could have repackaged it, called it something else, and you would have been like, wow, this is even better than I could possibly imagine. So... Four phenomenal games, four amazing heavy strategy games, but for the best of 2020, Anthony, there can be only one. Only one. I, I love how you mentioned that these two expansions are basically their own games. I think that's important because I don't want people to look at this and be like, you guys picked expansions? You really played that few games? <laughs> no, we did not play that few games. You look at our past reviews. We reviewed about 25 euros this year, so we had a pool to draw from. These are the four best of those by a mile, so sure. don't worry about that. But in this particular case, our winner is a game or 
an expansion to a game that fundamentally overhauls that experience, right? Food Chain Magnet was already one of the best games of all time. It was the game that put Splatter on the map for the broader board gaming audience. They've had a lot of amazing games, but none of them have been hits like this. And then this expansion adds so much new content, so many new ideas, so many new ways to play, variability that breaks up that early game decision AP sense where you're like, if I mess this up, I'm losing this game. And that's a splatter thing, but that's rough when you have, you know, 50,000 people owning copies of that game and they're like, I don't know if I want to play this tonight because I'm just going to lose if I mess up the first decision, right? So this game just opens it up in so many new ways. And, you know, fortunately it came out early enough in the year that we had a chance to play it. Obviously, Food Chain Magnet's not a soloable game. It's not something we could play with our families. But this has fundamentally changed how that game works. So it, I feel, and we feel, obviously, that it deserves our best heavy strategy game of the year. Absolutely. For so many reasons and many more. All right, Anthony, so what's up next? Next on the list, we got Best Overlooked Gem. So <gasps> this is one of my favorite awards because it, it lets me look back through all the stuff we talked about during the year and pull out the things that I don't think enough other people are talking about and that we want to champion. Like these are, there's two games from each of us here on this, on these nominees that we think are important and that you should play. Then they're not necessarily the best games of the year, but they're very good and they're just not getting the coverage that we hope for, right? Sure. So on my end, I had Tokyo Tsukiji Market from Draper Games, Jordan Draper. Um, this actually had a Kickstarter this year for the expansion along with Tokyo Metro. Mm -hmm. But for my money, I like Tokyo Metro a lot, but this game I loved. Tsukiji Market is just fantastic. It's a pure economic game, but the way it implements all these different mechanics, the way it asks you to change your strategy constantly based on the types of fish licenses you have is so clever. And it's still just jammed in that little box that Draper likes to do. I love this game and I wish I had discovered it slightly earlier, could have gotten it to the table more. It's a game that you absolutely just could not play solo because it is pure economics. You have to trade with people. That's the whole game. But it's done in such a clever way and it pulls people in and forces them to interact and engage with each other in a way that I haven't seen in a game like this. So I absolutely think everybody should play that if they haven't had a chance. I have the expansion coming. Very excited for that. Uh, Sonora from Pandasaurus Games, Rob Newton. This is a flick and write game. And when I saw that, I knew I had to have it because anything and write, I'm all on board for. But in this case, it's actually very clever. It's well done. It requires a little bit of dexterity, not a ton, but enough to be, you know, to get in your head. And then a huge sheet of things that, like, in, that you're writing down, like it's strategic, like how you write. It's not just like, you know, your typical roll and write. There's a lot going on here. You have to think through a lot of different decisions. And I had a lot of fun with that. I absolutely love this. If, you know, we'll, we'll get to obviously to the winners, but Sonora is one of those games, like in terms of and write. It's one of the better ones I've played in recent years, and I definitely wanted to call it out here. Yeah, I guess for my two picks, the games that are not getting enough attention, first off is Sanctum. Sanctum is a game from CGE, and again, they do some wacky kind of themes, right? They have some kind of fun fantasy kind of situations, but when you see Sanctum, and I know when I saw Sanctum, I was like, oh, cool, this is a Diablo ripoff, and I don't want to play it, leave me alone. And then I got to play it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of like role-player but even to the next level, because not only are you fighting baddies throughout the way, but you really do have to kind of manipulate this puzzle on how you're moving these pieces together and long-term strategy that goes along with it. So I was just kind of like, this game was so much more than the cover led me to believe because it looks like a typical Amerithrash hack and slash kind of situation. And then you get down to the table and you're like, Oh, no, this is super intelligent. There's just a lot of just, like, intricate gameplay here. And, again, they came out with a solo mode for the game itself. So if you go on board Game Geek or you go CGE, you'll get the solo mode for this game. Because while the final battle was a little bit of a letdown, when you play it solo, it really just pops. And the gameplay itself is so good that it's worth playing. Again, don't let the cover, you know, turn you off because there's so much here. And I think it's ripe for expansions. I think we'll see a lot of expansions with this game with new baddies. And then, um, obviously, one of the recent games that I got from Kickstarter, from Alley Cat Games, Tungaru, was a game that it was one of those situations where I was like, oh, this is from the, the designer from Rococo. 
So I, I love them. So let me back this game. And then I was like, okay, I got another game from the designer from Rococo. That's fine. The malls is, are great people. And then I played it. And then it was like, oh, it's unique tableau building where you can kind of build up your own civilization by adding these nomads to your tribe. And then also really unique dice placement. Plus the game is just beautiful. And again, it really kind of incorporates in a very positive way a lot of the themes and the culture of the of the area so again a phenomenal game it's going to get overlooked it has been kind of overlooked it did pretty well in the kickstarter but there's only five minutes out there for games to get out there this should be something you play because again really just intricate great gameplay here but anthony there can be only one so let's highlander this and see who is the best of the best for 2020 Absolutely. Yeah. So as we've been saying, like any of these games worth playing, recommend playing all of these. If you have a chance to definitely grab them. But as Chris, as you mentioned, there can be only one. And this year that winner is Sonora. So uh, flick and right, man. I know people are tired of the rolling rights and the flipping rights, but this game, I think flew under the radar because of that fatigue. I think it came out a little bit too late in the trend. People saw and write, and they're like, I'm out. I'm tired of these. I have like 20 of them on my shelf, and I'll play them. This is different. I promise you. It's fantastic. My kids like it. They don't really generally like the roll and rights because they're too abstract. It gets you physically involved. There's more going on. There's interactivity because you're flicking around. That's something you don't normally get in these games as well. It's it's just brilliant. I hope we see more flick and write types of games because it's so cool. It's such, such a good idea. So, Sonora, congrats. Congrats. Well done. All right, Anthony, what's our next category? Next up, we got Best Kickstarter. So these are the games that uh, either shipped to us this year or ran a Kickstarter and shipped or are about to ship to us this year. This this category is a little ambiguous, but what we're looking at here is the actual campaign, right? What did we get that was extra? What was the quality of the components? What did it do that other games that are not on Kickstarter don't do? And while there are so many games on Kickstarter right now, we really did try to look at games that were a little outside the mold. So like not the big miniatures games that get churned out every nine months from the big companies like Awaken Realms or Simon. Like those are amazing Kickstarters and we respect those and enjoy those. But that's not really what we're looking at here. We're looking at games that do something unique and different and special. So these are the four games that we picked for that. On Mars from Eagle Griffin Games, Fatal Lacerda. 18 Chesapeake from All Aboard Games, uh, Scott Peterson. Streets from Sinister Fish Games, Hakon Garter. And then Clinic, the COVID-19 extension from AV Studio Games, Albin VR. Yeah, these are, again, one of those situations where there can only be so much, how would you say it, like space out there in the board game universe, and there can only be so much bandwidth. And... Kickstarter has become its own work of art, right? Because it's one of those things where the marketing and the artwork and the gameplay and all the contributions that come into play really get you excited, really give you that kind of FOMO kind of experience where you are not purchasing a game that you will see a year or so down the line, but you're experiencing a campaign that's invoking a feel and a thematic start of the gameplay. So when you, when you, back these games on Kickstarter, you're already invested, not just financially, but personally. You're already thinking about strategies. You're always thinking about what tactics might work best, what add-ons might really give to the campaign, and how the community can can kind of give a little bit more here. So on Mars, again, Vital Lacerda, Ian O'Toole artwork. Again, great, fantastic game. So much that's you would, again, never see this game at a local-friendly game store because it's just too big just too expensive just to put on a shelf. Here you get it on Kickstarter. Anthony, you mentioned 18 Checks a Peak. We talked about this earlier again. Another game that you normally wouldn't see, or if you did see, it would be at this way out kind of store that nobody would actually go head out to. And now it gets front page news. And it's just so wonderful to see. Streets from Sinister Fish Games. We've already talked about how much we love Village. Streets was a game that, again, don't tell them but it's underpriced and it's a superb game. 
the artwork here, the box design, how everything fits in, in that one little tiny box. The production is great. The gameplay is great. It's thematically so rich, and it fits in that kind of village streets universe. And again, they're practically giving it away. And I'm just so grateful that there are board game designers out there that just want people to have fun. And they just kept throwing stuff at people. And you're like, wow. And then I guess, obviously, finally, Clinic from Alban Villard, who brought out an expansion right at the kind of like the peak of COVID-19 and said, look, this is going to play amazing. This is going to play solo. This is going to play with families. And you're going to be able to deal with and fight back and emotionally, I guess, and spiritually and thematically deal with COVID-19. And at the same time, all the money I'm making, it's going to the COVID relief. And again, just like, and you're like, wow, next level, man. So again, four fantastic campaigns for four different reasons. And really just the best of the best for Kickstarter for 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, like you said, Lacerda, any Lacerda game is amazing. This one's like a level above that. 18 it Chesapeake, it shows us that 18XX can look good. This is a pretty yes. game. <laughs> it's strong production, and I love that. It's not the only one that was up this year, but it's the one that initially showed us, hey, these can be all right. <laughs> so Streets, like you said, Villagers, amazing game. This looks like a, just as good of a sequel. And the COVID-19 expansion for Clinic, was just such a cool idea and the execution was perfect and we got we got the expansion like two months later it was crazy how fast he turned that around amazing so the winner of best kickstarter for 2020 <gasps> is uh -huh. clinic the COVID 19 extension Woo! Yard, artwork by Uno tool so yeah i think you said everything that i would have to say about this the fact that he did it was amazing. I know he talked about like his his partner is uh, works in healthcare, so has firsthand experience there in Europe dealing with this, and that you know that's the reason he made clinic in the first place. But then this particular was like close to him, and so he wanted to do something to help, and this is how he did it. Um, it just fantastic. I, I thought it was such a cool idea, and the fact it went off without a hitch, it was done quickly. He shipped it quickly. The money got to the people who needed it quickly. It's such a cool idea, and. I would love to see more stuff like this, you know, just one-off expansions for games that we love that deal with real-world problems that are we're actually going through at that moment. Absolutely. And it's also a great expansion. All right, Anthony, so what do we have up next? All right, getting along to the last couple here. Best 2.0 release. So this can mean a lot of things, uh, but effectively what we're looking at here is second editions, re-implementations of the same rules, sequels that effectively utilize the same mechanics, right? So we're going to see that in all four of these. We have Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion from Cephalofair, Isaac Childress. Uh, we have Imperial Struggle, the long-awaited Imperial Struggle yes. from GMT Games from Ananda Gupta and Jason Matthews. Seven Wonders Duel, second edition from Repos. Not long-awaited. We didn't even know this was coming. Um, Antoine Bauza. And then Fox in the Forest duet for Renegade Games, design group Foxtrot Games. So four very different games that take a very different path to re-implementing other mechanics. What do you think? You know, all of these are very interesting because, as you mentioned earlier, some of these we had no idea were coming out. So all of these didn't need to come out, to, to kind of be honest. Like, all of these were out in a different format or a previous format, and again, the publishers and designers could have walked away and been like, look, I created a masterpiece and just, you know, faded back. Let's talk Gloomhaven, right? Who doesn't know about Gloomhaven? <laughs> it's out there. If you wanted it, you owned it. If you have it, or maybe you, you're backing Frosthaven. So again, it was one of those games that was always going to be this kind of unique niche hobby that only a few people were going to get involved with. And Isaac Childress didn't have to do anything else for anybody else whatsoever. And then he comes back and goes, you know what? For everybody out there who can't drop $100, $150 on a board game and get like 6,000 hours in, how about you get the best of it in a small box version or relatively small box version if you talk about Gloomhaven, right. but a small box version. You can't see the air quotes or you can if you're on board game arena's twitch channel but 
you actually got to play the game. This was a game that went out mass market, so you could actually pick this up at the local store. And again, boosh, you know, it's one of those ideas that's like, wow, I can't believe he, he went ahead and did that. And he did, and it's amazing. Uh, Imperial Struggle, again, as you mentioned, it was one of those games that we had hoped for all time. And GMT Games does such a, a contribution to board gaming hobby by allowing these niche games to be developed that become modern-day classics almost like day one. And that's what Imperial Struggle is. It's in a modern-day classic done. It, it got out there. People backed it. It's a really good community system. It's not a Kickstarter. you got the P500 out there. Bam, it's done. Like Every time when their games come out, I have to remind myself to go to their webpage and check out their P500 because there's always another great game that's about to come out to be a modern-day classic. Seven Wonders Duel, obviously, but in particular, the Seven Wonders Second Edition. Again, yet Seven Wonders Duel, which is like, cool, I can play two players. That's awesome. Seven Wonders coming out and being a second edition where everything's tweaked, the cards are better, the mechanics are a little bit better, everything's streamlined a little sharper. It's just, again, they didn't have to do it. This was a mass market game. It was everywhere, but they went back and they tweaked it and made it just that much better. And all the expansions are coming out relatively the same time. Again, Thank you. Like, again, I, it's, it's more than we needed. And finally, Fox in the Forest, the duet edition. Fox in the Forest is great. I just picked up a copy of it. But the duet version, again, I would be afraid to touch the game. It's so good. And they were like, no, we could do something better. And and they did. And again, uh, it's a wonderful version of this as far as, again, a co-op game. I know everybody loves The Crew as a co-op trick-taking game, but this is my favorite. I can see that. Yeah. no I, um, I'm, I'm with you man like gloomhaven making that accessible for everybody that's amazing by itself you know and i've, I've already seen arguments in the dice tower awards group of whether to give this awards is like is it its own game or is it part of gloomhaven and people don't really know because people want to give it awards imperial struggle i've had this on p500 for i think three or four years it's been that long like waiting for this to get done seven wonders second edition didn't know it was coming but now that it's here you're like wow they made a lot of good tweaks the artwork's amazing and then Fox and the Forest duet, you said it, like cooperative trick-taking is brilliant. And this in particular is extra brilliant because it does it for two people. Like the fact that they made that work is just amazing. It's great. It really is. All right, Anthony. So we have so many great releases, so much so they were released twice. Which one receives the award? All right. Being... So the winner of our best 2.0 release for 2020 is... Seven Wonders Second Edition. Again, another beautiful edition. You can see here by the cover artwork, everything's upgraded, everything's tweaked. They've sold so many copies of this game. Again, this didn't have to come out. The expansions didn't need to be remade. Everything didn't need to be tweaked. It's out there in the ether. We all own the copies of it. And I picked this up again because, again, they were so nice that they reprinted it. And made it better. And again, repost production. Again, another fabulous job. Absolutely. All right, Anthony. So that leaves us to our final award, our best game of the year for 2020. It's coming up. This is the big one, guys. Game of the year. We have four nominees. First up, Fort from Leader Games, designed by Grant Rojek. We talked about this as our best family game of the year already. On Mars, Eagle Griffin Games from Vital Lacerda. We talked about this for Kickstarter, as well as heavy strategy games. Lost Ruins of Arnok, CGE games from Elwyn and Min. Um, this one jumped into my top 100 this year. That's how much I liked it right out of the gate, um, as did on Mars and Ford, I should say. But this one in particular was way up there. <laughs> and then Beyond the Sun, a relatively recent release from Rio Grande Games, which just like hit me in the side of the head out of nowhere. Didn't even know this was coming. From Dennis K. Chan. So much good game here. All of these are amazing. Like I had a really hard time like deciding which one I wanted to win. What what I mean, we've talked about Ford a little bit already and on Mars, but like what do you think overall? Again, we talked about this at the start of the podcast, Anthony, that 2020 wasn't the best of years, but 2020 was one of the best years when it came to board games. And again, very different board games. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for about seven years now, and there's been years where we saw like, oh, cool, 15 deck builders. Yay. <laughs> And here we have four radically different games, all deserving of the best game of the year for radically different reasons. As mentioned earlier, 
We already awarded four for best family game of the year. But again, really subversive war mechanics going into a family game. And it's just a beautiful production. Everything is great about it. The price is fantastic. Again, I'm so thankful that they actually still produce games at this level where price and production is just a sweet spot. It's not overproduced. It's not underproduced. It's well-produced, and it's a fantastic game. On Mars is just space opera in a board game. It's simple. It's quiet. It's, it just draws you in each and every step as far as the decisions that you have to make. The Lost Ruins of Arnick, again, this should not be coming out this year. This was like the sleeper hit of the year. The production uh, yeah. is beyond, beyond anything you could possibly expect. Plays with every player count perfectly. And again, it's one of those things that we never knew that we wanted, but of course we wanted. We wanted that Indiana Jones kind of game in a board game. And I don't know why it took so long. And now that it's out here... It's like, we should play this all the time, actually, in fact. And then finally, Beyond the Sun from Rio Grande Games. Again, another game that we didn't expect to come out. Again, another game that is so very different than the other games in this list and really anything else that's out there. It's so understated, but it's one of those games that has so much rich strategy to it that you can play this game forever and not get bored. Yeah. Now, I mean, I... It's this was really difficult for me because, like you said, Fort perfect for the family, expandable for everybody. Yes. Looking forward to playing this with my heavy gamer friends. Oh yeah, on Mars, one of my favorite Lacerda games. Not my absolute favorite, but it's actually it jumped way up there. Like I was sure. surprised how much it jumped up there because I thought the theme was why I was interested. But it's a legit very good game. Lost Ruins of Arnok again out of nowhere. I did not think I'd enjoy this as much as I did. Now, CGE generally doesn't put out bad heavy strategy games. No. If they're going to go to the trouble of making one, it's going to be good. Yes, uh, like absolutely. Like we talked about before. Yep. This one is, is, is one of those games, but it was even more surprising than I expected. I really, really like this game a lot. And then Beyond the Sun, I get real grounded. They don't really advertise their stuff. So like when I finally got my hands on this and I was playing it, I was like, oh, you're collaboratively building a tech tree? And then competing against each other to maximize your what you get out of that tech tree, that's brilliant. Like, just the audacity of that kind of design, I really loved it. Um, from a first-time designer, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a lot of trouble from my end deciding which of these do I love the most. And uh, we, did, we did have a long chat about which game should win this. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to pick. There's so many good games out there. And there's so many more games that we couldn't fit into a four-category here. So... Again, if you played another great game, we probably played it, or maybe we'll get to it on 2021. But again, these four are here because they are so great. And Anthony, what is Board Gamers Anonymous Game of the Year? Here we go. This is where we really need a drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> 2020, Game of the Year, the game that came out on top in a year that no one wants to remember, but they're <laughs> going to remember this game, On Mars, from Vital Lacerda. Maybe we're biased because it came out before all of what 2020 became, but I think in the end, this is legitimately the best game that we play this year. Sure. Tala Serda at the top of his game, Ian Atul at the top of his game. Just a brilliant game where you are trying to work together in certain ways, working against each other in most ways. The tightness of most of those Lacerda mechanics in terms of like getting on the planet and you know affecting the colonization effort of Mars, but also going back into orbit and timing when you go back and forth, that mechanic alone, the orbit to the planet and back, like, I don't know why, but just like every time, that's the one that gets me. Like, I love that. I love that idea. Um, on Mars, it's just, it's such a brilliant uh, game. And like all of his games, it plays it every player count effectively. Like I played this game solo a lot this year, played it several times with other people at the beginning of the year, but I've also spent a lot of time at my table with it since we've been at home. So yeah, On Mars is just, it was really close, like I said, but this one was definitely one of my favorites of the year. Yeah, I don't know what more I could say about this other than the fact that you need to play this. And again, it's one of those ideas that we've seen a lot of Mars games over the last couple of years. Obviously, Terraforming Mars being one of the biggest games out there. But we haven't seen a Mars game that had kind of thematic appeal to it. It never really felt like when you play Terraforming Mars that like, oh, we're going through generations of building things. Are we? Right. Are we really terraforming something? 
you know, like what is the cost of this space travel? What is the challenges that goes into this kind of world? And if we did do terraforming, if we did build up Mars, if we did pr- produce and bring something new to the universe, what would that be like? On Mars really gives the most thematic appeal. You do feel all the pressure of making each and every step because space travel is super expensive and super dangerous and there is no room for error. And you got to feel that each and every step of the way. As you mentioned, Ian O'Toole's artwork, again, you can see it here on the cover. It's distant, it's vacant, it's vast, it's evocative, it's dangerous, it's intriguing. I mean, just the board art cover, again, this is another one of those games you just stick on the wall, but every piece in this game is well-produced. This was a fantastic production from Eagle Griffin Games. Vitella Serta has just outdone himself. And I, I, I believe once we come back from the pandemic that this game is really going to grow in such a, just a phenomenal way. It's going to be a modern day classic for a lot of reasons. Again, there are more reasons that we could talk about in one episode, but we did review this game. Please check back because it is the game of the year. Absolutely. All right, everyone. So that's everything for this time. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. I will save you all a seat at the table. Take care.